We interrupt your regularly scheduled Romans podcast for a very special announcement. Stay tuned for this very special announcement today on BibleStudyPodcast.org, starting now. Hello, everybody. You are listening to BibleStudyPodcast.org. Today is Monday, November the 16th of 2009. And as always, I am your host, Toby Logsdon. Welcome to today's podcast. And normally, as you know, we do a Romans podcast on Mondays. That's what we've done, I think, just about every Monday for almost the last three years. But we are uh, taking a very short break from it today. Uh, to give you guys a special announcement, uh, and we're going to get to that here in just a minute, but I do hope that you guys are doing well, and I hope that the Lord is blessing you guys today. Uh, it is like winter here. It is so cold outside. I just got back from uh, from having lunch with my wife, and man, is it freezing outside. But uh, yeah, that's one of the things about Arkansas. The weather can be, like the other day, it was like 70 degrees, and now here we are, it's like in the high 30s. We went out to uh, the farmer's market. Uh, this past weekend um, for our church, for our church plant that we're doing. And we were handing out coffee to people for free. We went into this restaurant down there. uh, It's at the Fayetteville Square. And uh, there's a little coffee restaurant down there. And so we went in there and talked to somebody and said, hey, you know, can we buy coffee and just serve it to people for free? And they said, yeah, you can. So uh, so that's what we did the other day. And it turned out to be really good. We talked to some people who were really interested in what we're doing, what we're all about, and so on and so forth. And just recently, we finally got uh, a website uh, up and running. Uh, I didn't realize that through um, through GoDaddy, you know, you've got like free hosting for a website. So uh, it doesn't look the greatest. It's not the highest quality, but it's something. So we do have uh, mosaicchurchnwa.com up and running now. And uh, we are still trying to meet on Saturday nights with some people. This past Saturday, I was going to be having dinner with my agnostic friend and an atheist friend of his. It was going to be really interesting. And then at the last second, uh, they had to cancel, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, and we've got a, a Jewish girl, um, she's reformed Jew, which I guess is extremely like kind of liberal, you know, nowhere near the, um, you know, the, the biblical understanding of what it meant to be Jewish. This is very, uh, different. Uh, in fact, many reformed Jews are actually atheists, if I understand correctly, but we met her, um, Brian and I both met her when she was working at a local Christian coffee house. And uh, so we just kind of put the invitation out there for her to join us, and she said that she was uh, totally open to it, even though uh, she is not a Christian. So we're trying to, you know, get uh, some some connections and some relationships formed with uh, with these people who aren't Christians at all. But uh, you know, I guess for starting a church, for planting a church, that's a good place to start. So anyway, if you guys could just be keeping those three in prayer, we would uh, we would really, really appreciate it. And again, if you want to support what we're doing here, we do need support. And you can mail tax-deductible donations to us at Mosaic Church, 
P.O. Box 6804, Springdale, Arkansas, 72763. And that'll help me continue in this ministry with the podcasts as well. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and get on to uh, to this so-called special announcement that I have for you guys. You know, last night uh, I was watching Sunday Night Football. And as I sat in my chair, I was just totally stunned at the end of the game at what I had just seen. Millions of people around the country had undoubtedly just witnessed the exact same thing. Many of you probably watched the exact same thing. Bill Belichick is widely regarded as one of the best coaches in all of the NFL, in all of football. And the evidence of his greatness as a coach is found in the dynasty that the New England Patriots have become in recent years under his leadership. Uh, Last night, with just over two minutes left in the game, the Patriots uh, were on the verge of defeating their arch rivals, Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. And with a six-point advantage... Uh, With roughly two minutes left in the game, the Patriots' offense found themselves inside of their own 30-yard line on fourth down with two yards to go. And in football, you see, two yards can sometimes be the equivalent of a mile for everybody else. I mean, it's just not always easy to gain a couple inches in football, much less two yards. Well, a team in this situation has a couple of options. They could go for it. That's their first option. They can go for it, trying to pick up those two yards like they would on any other play. The risk in doing so, however, is that if they don't make it, then they turn the ball over to the Colts, putting the Colts in awesome field position for scoring. And one would think that the last thing anyone would want to do is give a legendary quarterback like Peyton Manning a chance to score by giving him the ball in a position that close to scoring. And that's why most people would choose the other option, which is to punt the ball. By punting the ball, they would have undoubtedly put the Colts, you know, 30 to 40 yards further away from scoring a touchdown, which in this case would probably have been maybe too far for the Colts to go in order to score the seven points that they needed in order to win the game. I mean, it's simple math. It's less probable that the Colts would be able to go 70 to 80 yards to score in less than two minutes than it would be for them to drive fewer than 30 yards. Well, Coach Belichick chose to go for it. And sometimes what a team will do in a situation like this is they'll line up like they're going to go for it, but they're really not. What they're trying to do is see if they can draw the other team off sides, draw the defense off sides. And if they don't, you know, they'll call a timeout, bring the kicker out, and then they'll punt. Well, this appeared to be the strategy that the Patriots had chosen, but it wasn't. The ball was snapped. Uh, They were really going to try to go for those two yards, and they failed. So the Colts now had the ball with fewer than 30 yards to go for a touchdown, and with the poise of just the seasoned veteran that he is, uh, Peyton Manning led his team, the Colts, down the field to score the winning touchdown with only a few seconds left in the game. So the decision to take an enormous risk and go for it on fourth and two might have been bold, uh, but it was kind of stupid. And it blew up in the face of the Patriots. They paid for it. And with the touchdown, the Colts went up 35-34. to The game was over. Well, one of the football analysts that the ABC uh, television network has picked up this season is Tony Dungy, who's actually the former coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He's a Christian man who knows how to remain just 
cool and, and steady under the most intense pressure you can imagine. I mean, it's almost scary how calm Tony Dungy can be at times, if we're being honest. You never got a sense of panic from him when he was coaching the Colts. And as the game ended last night, uh, Bob Costas asked uh, Coach Tony Dungy what he had thought of Belichick's decision to go for it on fourth and two. And he said this, he said, wisdom dictates that you go with the odds and punt the ball in that situation every time. Uh, That's what Tony Dungy said. And I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like that. Well, he was right. And everybody knew it. Everybody watching knew it. The Patriots had everything to lose in this situation and very, very little to gain. Maybe some confidence or maybe uh, what you would refer to as football glory. But imagine what people would be saying in 20 or 30 years if they could have made it, if they could have just got those two yards. But the fact is that they didn't. And the result is not only that the Patriots lost the game, but they also lost a ton of credibility. Their plays are now going to be questioned uh, a lot more quickly than they were before. Football insiders and fans alike you know, had heralded Coach Belichick as one of the wisest coaches in the NFL, but now that wisdom was being called into serious question. He had just committed what was one of the greatest blunders in all of sports history. And he did it in front of an audience of tens of millions of football fans. Well, let's be honest. We've probably all been in Coach Belichick's shoes at one time or another. Every single one of us. We've all made our share of just bonehead decisions when wisdom dictated otherwise. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I could just take a small handful of some of the knuckleheaded decisions that I know I've made in my life. And if you were to hold those decisions up to the decision that Belichick made last night, you know, some of my own personal decisions that I've made in my life would make his decision pale in comparison. Uh, I guess the only difference is that I don't, uh, you know, I didn't make those decisions with millions and millions of people watching, and I don't get paid millions and millions of dollars to make decisions. But I don't think I'm alone either. I mean, we all make really bad choices from time to time. We know what we should do. The odds are against us, and we've got nothing or, you know, maybe very little to gain, but we end up going for the glory and falling flat on our faces. And people sometimes see us do it, but more often, we're probably the only ones who fully realize just how unwise we were in that given situation. So the question arises, why on earth do we sometimes make such bad choices in our lives? You know, we fill our lives with poor decisions, We might accidentally, you know, from time to time, make some good decisions as well somewhere along the way. And so we play down the bad choices and we play up the good choices. The good choices earn this place on the the fireplace mantle of our lives. But the bad choices, you know, we just try and throw those in the fireplace, right? I mean, with many of those poor choices, we end up looking back on them and saying, man, you know, I, I knew I shouldn't have done that. But at the time... And therein lies the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing what you should do, but wisdom is actually doing it. One might say that knowledge is worthless, but wisdom is priceless. Knowledge in and of itself has very, very little value. If I've got all the knowledge in the world, and I don't, but hypothetically, let's just say I did. Uh, If I've got all the knowledge in the world, but I fail 
to put that knowledge into practice so that it's affecting and transforming my own life and the decisions that I make, then I'm just as well off as someone who has little to no knowledge. Someone with only a little bit of wisdom is far better off than someone with all the knowledge in the world. The problem is that wisdom is usually gained through experience, experience with failure, experience with futility, experience with people and situations, and that makes wisdom more valuable than anything else in the world. You can't buy it. You can't guess at it. Either you have it or you don't. So it's not like you can have varying degrees of it. It's something that must usually be acquired over a long period of time, a lifetime. If only we could have the wisdom of a lifetime at the beginning of our lifetimes, right? Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, think of all the grief we could spare ourselves from. But instead, what we find is that in our youth, we think we know everything, but we really don't have an ounce of wisdom to speak of. And as a result, we end up learning our most valuable lessons in life at the School of Hard Knocks. Well, there once was a man who did receive an incredible richness of wisdom at a very, very young age. His father had been a powerful and mighty king who is perhaps best remembered for the scandalous uh, extramarital affair that he had with a beautiful woman. But his father had loved God deeply, and God had restored him as a great, mighty, and successful leader. So this king's son undoubtedly knew about some of the disastrous mistakes his father had made along the way. And so while he didn't have a whole lot of wisdom at the time, he did recognize the value of wisdom. And for that reason, when God offered this man anything his heart desired, he asked for wisdom. Of all things, he asked for wisdom. Obviously, he already had some wisdom, or he wouldn't have asked for more. But this was the wisest decision a person could possibly make to value and thus ask for wisdom before and above anything else. And so Solomon became the wisest person in the history of the world at a very young age. Well, the shortest road to gaining wisdom is to walk in the steps of a wise person. Despite his wisdom, King Solomon did make some pretty stupid decisions from time to time. He frequently traded his wisdom for pleasure, or he'd trade it for prestige, which are some pretty unwise things to do. At the time, he didn't seem to care. In retrospect, however, he came to realize how meaningless pleasure and prestige really are. Part of wisdom is seeing past the here and now, taking the big picture into consideration and changing or reforming our course of action accordingly. In a society which is conditioned to value instant gratification above and beyond anything else in life, it's clear it is clear, friends, that we lack wisdom. We have to be wise enough to acknowledge that much. Once we do that, we put ourselves in a good position to learn from the wisdom of others. You don't have to live through the experience of being on the verge of victory and then going for it on fourth and two to realize that doing so wouldn't be the best decision that you could make. You can look at the lives of those who have gone before you and you can glean wisdom from the mistakes that others have made. Who better to learn from than the very man who had more wisdom 
than anyone else in history. After all, he may not have been able to share all of his wisdom with us, but he did record a lot of it by simply writing it down. And these writings have been passed down through the ages, from one generation to the next, to the next, etc. And we refer to these writings as the Book of Proverbs. Now, for a number of reasons, I recently uh, decided to start a study on the Book of Proverbs with my son, Caleb. And the primary reason is that he's 12 years old. I mean, what a tough time of life to be going through. No, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about for myself. And, you know, I I do say that tongue-in-cheek, but I also mean it quite seriously. And I know that at his age, he thinks he knows everything. And I was the same way when I was 12. And, uh, you know, if we're being honest, so were all my friends. Turns out, I didn't really know anything, and neither did my friends. Well, I've learned a lot about life since I was 12. Really, uh, it might not always seem like it, but I really have. But, you know, one of the most important things I've learned and continue to be learning, actually, is that I should be walking in the footsteps of the wise people who have gone before me instead of trying to figure everything out on my own. You know, I could have started a study on my own wisdom with Caleb, but that would have been a disaster from the beginning. Honestly, it would have been. I know it would have been. So with that much in mind, I knew that Caleb could gather a lot more wisdom through a study of the book of Proverbs than he could from me trying to teach him on my own. Now, we're going to be starting a new study here on BibleStudyPodcast.org, and I'm going to try to do this as regularly as possible. We're going to keep our Romans lessons on Mondays, and I'm going to try to keep the apologetics and social issues studies on Thursdays. But on the days that we don't have uh, you know, a, a regularly scheduled podcast, Romans and Apologetics, we're going to be doing a study of Proverbs. And this is going to be based on the study that I'm doing with my son. Well, this study will take approximately a year, minus weekends, studying four verses every day. Now, there are a total of 915 verses in the book of Proverbs, and if you divide uh, those 915 verses by 261, which is the number of weekdays in a year, you get a little bit more than three and a half. So the goal of this study, then, is to go through the whole book of Proverbs in the most efficient way we can, about four verses per day. It's going to be short lessons, by the way. These are going to be like maybe 7 to 11 or 12 minutes at the most. They're going to be a lot shorter than our typical Romans or Apologetics podcasts. So easy for you guys to listen to, kind of like a morning devotional type of thing. And parents, this will be a very simple way, a very simple study for you to do with your children as well. And of course, you can tailor this study however you like. You know, you could do what I'm doing, and you could get up half an hour earlier than usual every morning uh, with your children to do this study, or you could do it after school, or you could even do it at bedtime. Uh, You know, bedtime is a great time to do it because um, they'll get to sleep with this wisdom fresh in their minds. Uh, If you don't pray with them every night at bedtime, you know, maybe this will open up an opportunity for you to get in the habit of doing so. But doing it in the morning is also great because your child will get in the habit of filling their mind daily with the Word of God first thing in the morning, and they'll learn to use that to help get themselves through the day. 
I'm also having my son write out each of the four verses every day. And that's how we'll start each lesson, uh, while we're sitting here at the counter. At the end of the year, he'll have a notebook filled with his own transcription of the book of Proverbs. How cool is that? But, you know, how you use this study with your children, if you're a parent, is completely up to you, parents. Well, it also goes without saying that if you're not a parent, and I know that a lot of you aren't, uh, this study doesn't exclude you. Feel free to join in and study the book of Proverbs with us. Uh, You know, while the study is primarily going to be focused on passing wisdom on to our children, we're all going to learn something in this study, myself included, hopefully, right? You know, there's going to be something for everyone. We're all going to come out on the other side of this study better prepared and better equipped for the challenges that we all face in life, regardless of our age, marital status, or anything else. You know, there's no other book in the Bible that's specifically designed to address such a wide variety of issues in life. It deals with real issues that are still mattering today, just like they did over 2,500 years ago when they were written. Issues like marriage, money, attitude, uh, choosing friends wisely, how to speak and when to speak, education, bringing our children into intimate personal relationships with the Lord when society is pulling them the opposite direction, and so much more. I mean, clearly, these are all issues that matter to us still today. And the wisdom that we get from the book of Proverbs is going to help all of us, no matter where we are in life. It's going to help each one of us to make decisions that reflect godly character and solid ethics. So we're looking at starting this in the next couple weeks. Caleb and I have already started the study. I've already started taking notes. Here's an assignment for you. In the first four verses of Proverbs, find 11 reasons that he wrote the book. I think you'll be uh, pretty fascinated. I was. I, I wouldn't have thought that there would be 11 reasons Uh, for writing the book within those four verses. But that's pretty cool. That's what we're going to be studying. In the next couple weeks, we'll get that started. So anyway, be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a daily devotional thing. It's going to be a lot shorter than our typical Romans or apologetics lessons. So anyway, God bless you guys. I just want to be able to bless you guys with, uh, with whatever God is putting on my heart. Anyway, if you guys have any questions, feel free to email me at cleanslate.ministries at hotmail.com. But do be looking for this study. We'll get it started here in the next week or two weeks. God bless you guys. We're going to resume with our Roman study next week. Keep growing closer to Jesus. This message has been brought to you by BibleStudyPodcast.org. We are a listener-supported ministry. If this is your first time listening to us, we thank you so much for joining us, and we ask nothing further from you. But if this is a ministry that you rely on for regular spiritual teaching, we do depend on your financial support to keep us going and growing. If you'd like to make a donation to BibleStudyPodcast.org to keep us going and reaching thousands of people around the world, you can go to our website, BibleStudyPodcasts.org, and you can make a donation on the right-hand side by clicking on the support box. Again, we do rely on your support, and we thank you so much for your financial participation in this ministry, which enables us to continue in our mission of teaching timeless truths in these truthless times. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today and keep growing closer to Jesus.